genre during the previous three seasons of Immunities. What a beautiful night. Yes, it is. Did you see that? See what? A light. It's gone now. Are you okay? Feeling a little drowsy? I better sit down. Here, let me help you. Tom, I, I had the dream. Oh, hey, 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 it's okay. Young lady, is there anything that you require? No, thank you. Hmm. We will leave you to yourselves then. It was just me and Shelly, and she was normal, but it wasn't like I'd gone back to the old world. It was like she'd come to the new one. You and your sister are now the central pieces in our plan to retake this planet by commandeering the Looker Society from the inside. Hello. I was wondering if there was a message for me from the FBI office. Carrie, we know who you are, Mrs. Cray. There's nothing from them. However, Director Scholl has left word for you to join her as soon as possible. Oh, thank you. Number 23... Number 23. That's me. And you have returned all departmental property to the kitchen? Yep, all just like I swore to in subsection C. All accounted for. My questions are not accusations. It is my duty to provide assistance in making sure you have done everything properly. And I really appreciate it. I hope you do. And you are? My name is unimportant. But up until recently, I worked in an overlook at a building where the Resistance coordinates their intelligence activities. You lived in an overlook? And now you're one of us? How can that be? It is not important. Listen, please. I do not know how much time I have. The people who worked in my building, some of them were keeping a secret. The identity of someone who was providing them with intelligence stolen directly from the Unity. From inside, the link between us. The outsider? Yes, the Alpha Beta. And you were trusted with the outsider's identity? No, I was not. My employment was menial. Then why is it so urgent that you tell this to me? Because from time to time, I overheard a name, and on some level, because of the way they said it, I knew it was a secret name. And? The name was Shoal. Shoal? Yes. It was Shelley Shoal. Immunities. Episode 4.1. Fallout. Hello, Michelle. <gasps> I am sorry if I have frightened you. My name is Lilia Andreu. We work together at the liaison office. Do you remember? Oh, yes, of course I remember you. <laughs> Worked together. <laughs> More like you double-checked my forms and I was a bitch to you about it. I did check the forms, yes. So? What brings you here? You. 
stopped working at the office rather suddenly. Oh, were there forms I should have filled out when I left? No. Well, honestly, yes, there were. But I took the proper steps to complete them without your signature. I even have your final paycheck in the drawer at my station. I am sorry. I am not allowed to bring it to you. Don't worry about it. I will try not to. So... Why are you here, then? When I learned that you would not return, I regretted not being able to tell you how saddened I was by the death of your mother. Oh! Not merely because she was an unusually energetic and public-spirited leader, although she was that. Mm-hmm. But more specifically because I also have been without the company of someone I love deeply. And while I am sure that our experiences are very different, I, at the time, wish to express something which is difficult for me to articulate. That I sympathize with your loss, perhaps more than others could. That's very... Uh, sweet. Would you like to come in? I've got groceries for dinner with my dad and sister. There's plenty. It might be nice to have four at the table again. No! Okay! I apologize for my outburst. I mean to say thank you for your offer, but your sister will not be at dinner tonight. She has been detained. What? In the interest of national security. Oh! Oh my god! Does dad know? Yes. He has volunteered to accompany your sister to the extent that he is allowed to do so. Okay, that makes sense. How can I reach them? I do not know. <sighs> I would tell you if I could. Of course you would. But I cannot. Can... can you tell me if I'm safe? I feel certain that no matter what happens... You will be treated humanely. Oh, Jesus. That's not... <sighs> do you know if they're planning to detain me too? I do not know. The plan to detain your sister was not shared with me until after it was accomplished. And then I... felt an urgency to inform you about it. Okay. Though I do not entirely understand my motivation for haste. Perhaps I felt this would be my last chance to tell you. Tell me what? How very, very sorry I was to hear about your mother. Thank you again. That's sweet. Can you do me a favor? What favor is that? I'm not going into that house. Not now. But I have perishables in this bag. If I give you the key, can you go in there and put them away? I... Certainly I can. And then come back out and return the key to you? No. I'll be gone by then. Then how will I return... Do you still have the same job? Yes, I do. Then I know where to find you. Just keep the keys handy. Goodbye, and thank you. I really appreciate it. I hope you do.
shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. It can't end like this. We sacrificed too much to have it end like this. Who's that? Hey. Hey, Dom? It's been a while. Yeah, I know. Well, I did want to see you tonight, but I was afraid to go to your house. I was heading for headquarters to see Thee. Uh, she's not there. No? What's going on? Why are you out here? Are you on watch? Yeah. Are the lookers out, like with Professor Holbrook? No, Knockwood. Thee and Mr. Channing are having a meeting out there beyond Gwen's box. Because the lookers don't come here. Because of Gwen. But why outside at all? Have the lookers found the HQ? No, but... There's something up. I think Thee doesn't want the rest of the resistance to know what they're talking about. Oh, shit. Is it another mole? I don't think so. I think it's... Our people. It's like they don't trust the other resistance people. What about me? They didn't say anything about you. Specifically? Well, whatever's going on, I need to know about it. I'm having a crisis. Oh, what's wrong? Uh, ah, shit. They took Dad and Shelly away. Oh, crap. Yeah. One of the lookers, I guess, warned me? I don't know. I don't understand them. But I need everyone's help to find Dad and Shelly and rescue them. Rescue them? Yes. Rescue them. They're my family. And Shelly has done more for the Resistance than anyone. But... but they're lookers. They're the enemy. If they're the enemy, why have they been arrested? And the stuff you were just saying, maybe it's not as simple as humans and lookers anymore. I have to know what they're talking about. I'm going on. If you think you have to stop me, give it a try. But otherwise, I'm going. Okay, wait. I'll take you. No, I'll do better on my own. Better on your own? Yeah. One person is quieter than two. I'm sneaking. Whatever they're up to, I need to hear it. To know if I can still trust them. How could you not trust Thee? She believed in you when Craig wanted you dead. I trust Thee to have her heart in the right place. But remember when I pulled off the Cray caper? She was this close to sending me away. I can't let her do that this time. Not until I rescue Dad and Shelly. You... You can't endanger yourself like that. You're too important to the cause. The cause owes me. And it owes Dad and Shelly, even if Dad and Shelly don't know it. Consciously or unconsciously, they've been helping the Resistance, and that, 100%, has to be the reason why they're in trouble. I'm not running out on them, and I'm not letting Thee ship me out. Ugh! So what do you want me to do, Super Soldier? Let me pass. Forget I was here, and then follow your orders. Forget it. Follow orders. Check. Until when? Until... You see me again. Depending on what I hear, I may reveal myself to them, or I may come back this way and talk to you, or I may grab a sleeping bag from the stash and disappear for a while. Jesus. If he's around, 
I hope you'll help me. So, this might be goodbye. For a while. Yeah. Kiss for luck, and old time's sake. Good luck, Roxanne. You too, Dominic. Asta. These are the beginning of sorrows. They shall deliver up your kind to be afflicted and shall kill them. And you shall be hated by all factions and armies. And many will be offended and will betray one another and hate one another. And many false voices will rise and deceive many. And the love of many shall wax cold. The abomination of desolation will soon stand in the holy place. Whoever listens, let her understand. Therefore, flee into the fastness. Let she who is on the housetop not take anything out of her house. Neither let she which is in the field return back to take her clothes. For there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the changing of the world. If you have anything to tell me about this, tell me now. Did you have any role, however small, in these kidnappings? How can you ask me that? Of course not. But you knew about it. Only from the Looker's news reports. Whenever I was in contact with someone from Overlook 4 or the surrounding areas, I would ask what was going on. And I was always told they had nothing to tell me. But I kept asking anyway, because it seemed like a problem. A problem? It's an unmitigated disaster. This could set everything back months. Trust, the appearance of compliance, public opinion among the primaries. It's not as if the primaries have an alternative. They will not join the other side. Yes, but the resistance lives on volunteer effort. All it takes for the lookers to win is for the immune to do nothing. But how can the civilians be sure that this was the doing of the resistance? Are we even sure of it? The trail is hard to find, but it's there. I can smell it. The chemicals, the scientific equipment... The way Lorna Gerald's disappearance was covered up, and now Derek Holroyd's disappearance. There's no way he could put all those dominoes into place on his own. But no one who might know how he did it wants to talk about it. It's a conspiracy of silence to cover the conspiracy they were trying to achieve. According to Lorna Gerald, Holroyd was trying to reconvert the lookers. Many would sympathize with that goal, and few would want to turn him in or expose those who aided him however misplaced their trust was. That attitude is understandable. But we can't let that be the end of it. This will not disappear, believe me. If we spread reeds over it, it'll just stink more. The lookers will exploit it forever. And in the meantime, some other primary will decide the rules don't apply and do it again, or something worse. And that's not even getting into the possibility of retaliation from the lookers. I've dealt with some of those people for months now, and I've never seen them so agitated. Plus, I have new faces to deal with. Have you heard of Calvin Noon? I don't think so. He's our new congressman. I must admit, I did not think Congress was very relevant anymore. Understandable, but he's making himself known by talking about these events, and he publicly let slip that liaison itself might be a failed experiment. What would that mean? That part he didn't mention. 
Maybe they're debating it within the unity. Perhaps they'll send us all to the overlooks to prevent this from happening again, then see what happens to us without fuel and medicine from outside. It's because of that kind of fear that we have to get to the bottom of this ourselves, and soon. Even if there's no official action, at any moment one of them could remember what anger feels like and break the truce. And next thing you know, we have missiles in the air. So we have to find out who helped Derek Holroyd and whether they're hiding him. So we have to investigate our own people, our fellow resistance leaders. They're the only ones who could have made this happen. Can you make them talk? My authority over them is shaky. According to the resistance chain of command, I run the state. But every resistance group and overlook council has had to rely on themselves so much they're not used to obeying orders they don't like. I've only kept things going through persuasion and bargaining. And, of course, officially I'm just a community activist. I don't have a police force or investigators. I need someone on the ground to knock heads together. I wonder if I could borrow Jefferson Craig, send him out, and have him put the fear of God into people. A good choice. I will make the Major available to you. Thank you. Hmm. With him gone, I shall have to set someone else in charge of our most viable agent. Right. How is Roxanne doing? She continues to provide vital information, and it seems like any suspicion of her has passed on, and she says the lookers have received no further communication from their mole. Good. Her inside information is more pivotal than ever. Hmm. The transport network is unsettled now, but it's going to get a lot worse with the lookers and Jefferson turning things upside down to find Holroyd and his accomplices. Maybe we should move her now. While we still have the resources. To an overlook? Uh, no. It seems like she needs direct access to lookers in order to gather information. But maybe somewhere less populated and where she'll be less known. Where we can carefully control how much looker exposure she has. And that way, we don't need to get her past a checkpoint. What do you think? That seems like the right option if we were to move her. But I believe that so long as her situation remains stable, it is safer bet to leave her where she is. Where she has the benefit of being exactly where she is legally supposed to be. Hmm. That makes sense. I'll trust your judgment on that. But at the first sign of something changing, don't delay. Don't consult me. Just get her out of here. Until then, we do it your way. Do you agree? I do. Oh, and Jordan. Yes? You do not have to persuade and bargain with me. I fully recognize the chain of command, even if others do not. <laughs> I think Jefferson might disagree. The Major was not himself. It was my duty to prevent him from doing something unforgivable. My duty to him as much as to the Resistance. Hopefully you won't have to perform the same duty with me. I do not foresee that. Don't be so certain. We have to put our faith in the cause and the process and the rules, not individuals. Someone trusted Derek Holroyd, and that's how we got into this mess. But if we do not trust individuals, how are we different from the lookers? It's like Professor Holbrook wrote. We're building a voluntary order. They conjured up a mandatory one.
If that time is not shortened, no flesh can be saved. The sun would be darkened, and the moon not give light. But because of the chosen, it may be shortened. So, when someone says, here is the chosen, or there, let them not be believed. And if they say, behold, she is in the secret chambers, let no one listen. Let the eagles gather wherever the carcass lies, not where the chosen have been taken into the ark. Yes, in the days before the flood, we were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Then a sign appeared in the sky, and the tribes of the earth mourned to see the sign in power. The world passed away, but the words do not pass away. voice. Just please be quieter. Oh, I see you now. Thank you. Sorry, I was being silly, I know, but I felt so alone. My name is... is... Lilia Andreu. I... yes. I'm sorry, have we met? Yes, we have. My name is Roxanne Scholl. That sounds familiar. But I can't place you. Do you work with Justin? I'm not sure. But I worked with you not that long ago. In the liaison office. Liaison office? At the old county building. I'm sorry, you must be thinking of someone else. I work at a bank. Not anymore. They probably closed your branch when all the bank companies merged. That's... I think I would remember something like that. Thank you for your help, but I should go home now. No, wait... Try to think. This meeting has a purpose. You have something to tell me. Try to remember. Try to remember what? I'm sorry, but I... Maybe it would be like a dream. What? A dream that you had another life. Where people come to you, and you sign out equipment to them. Check their timesheets. You did that for me, a bunch of times. And you told me how sorry you were about my mother and... And once, months ago, you saw me crying up by the train tracks, and you thought it was my boyfriend's fault, so you asked me if I was okay. Do you remember any of this? I must admit, I can picture what you're saying, but I think I might just be imagining it, like deja vu. I still better... You lost someone, and you're very sad about it. What do you mean? I... I mean, I, I lost my grandparents, but that was years ago. No, you're... What was it? Separated, unable to see, without the company of someone you were very close to. It's the most important thing in your life. 
so important that it made you feel sorry for me, even though we should be enemies. I can't... Enemies? I don't have enemies. Who's Justin? Who? You asked me if I worked with Justin. Who is he? Oh, he's my husband. Huh. Funny that I'd forget that. Do you live with him? Of course. When's the last time you remember seeing him? It was... at night. We had dinner, then took a couple of glasses of wine outside and looked at the stars. And then he felt a little down, so he took a nap. And then? Um, I went back inside, cleaned things up a bit. Then later I heard him stirring, so I checked on him, and... And what? There was a light in his eyes. Yes. And a sound? A chorus of people. They were comforting, but they were also so hurt and afraid and alone. They needed me, and I wanted so much to be there for them. But I was afraid that if I didn't pull away, I I would lose myself. What happened next? It was too much for me. I needed a moment to organize my thoughts. So I lay down. Justin helped me. Uh, But some part of me knew that it was all his fault. And then? And then? After that, everything is the dream. The dream where I know you. The dream where Justin had to go away. He has a secret mission. To find the outsider. Outsider? The Alpha Beta. Your husband is looking for the Alpha Beta. Yes. I've got some kind of luck. Someone knows who the Alpha Beta is. And Justin has to find them. But the outsider can hear us. So Justin has to shut himself off underground. The fastness. The secret chambers. And I was left behind. I got a job as close to him as I could. But I could not link with him. Or even see him. Or talk to him. Like we did before the night. That newswoman went to see him every day. She looked so glamorous. But all I could do was watch her go, without even asking her how he was. Because she might tell me something secret. And I might tell the outsider without knowing I'm doing it. Right. Lilia, listen. If Justin finds the Outsider, what will he do? I am not sure what his orders are. I am sure he would do the right thing. But what if his orders and the right thing are two different things? Well, I should not tell you this. Please! Justin works for the FBI. He... Several times he told me he had left people's names out of reports people who helped him. 
so the Bureau would not have a record of them? He told me because he wanted to be sure I agreed with it. What sorts of people? Computer hackers, drug users, people who gave him information, who the Bureau might have pressured, turned into informants. Justin would not do that. If they did what he asked, he let them go. Why? Because he believed his duty was to improve things, not to control people. Uh, of course, this is the real Justin, not the one in the dreams. How are they different at the core? They're... They are not. The new Justin wants the same things that the old Justin did. He just goes about it in a different way. Oh, God. Maybe you're all the same as you were. No. Not me. If I wasn't in the dream, I would never have let him go. I mean, I did let him face danger every day, but... I would never have let him bury himself someplace where I couldn't follow him. The dream... The voices made me do that, and I can't undo it because he's gone. Next! Next, please! Hello! Miss Shull! I am... I am pleased to see you again. I'm glad to. I have your keys. And your paycheck. Please, keep them for me a little longer. I'm here for something else. All right. I can do that. But are you all right, Miss Shull? Are those burrs in your hair? Did you sleep outside last night? I am sorry. I should have left the keys for you somewhere. Listen, Lilia, this is all sweet of you, but there's something different I need you to do for me. More urgent. Oh. What is that? I need to talk to Justin. Talk to... How do you know Justin? I just need to. It's important for everyone. I am sorry, but I cannot help you. I do not have the authority. Does Justin have the authority? He might, but I do not even have the authority to ask him. I have not communicated with him for some time. Then find someone, someone who has the authority and who you trust, like you trusted my mom. Someone who can get a message to Justin about me. But I do not understand. What would you have to say to him? What could I say to anyone that would convince them to let you say it? Tell them... Oh, shit. Sorry. Tell them that I have information for him, but only for him, face to face, in person. What? What information? It's about the outsider. I can help Justin find the outsider. Oh. But there's no time to waste. You have to start now. This window is closed. Miss Shull, 
please follow me to the waiting room. Um, sure. Please wait here. Of course. Um, does the TV have to be on? I am afraid it does. Okay. Fine. Oh, girl, what have you done? You've just bet everything on what, a hunch? Okay, sure, that worked last time, but this is a lot crazier. And is it even your hunch? Or what Weird Gwen said? Yeah, the stuff she says makes a twisted sense sometimes, but how do you know this is one of those times? Oh, God. Or whoever it is that talks to Gwen. You could be the collective unconscious, or the good part of the unity, or aliens, or Gwen's psychic powers. I don't know what, but please, I trusted you. Don't let me down. And if you can, maybe give me a sign that I'm on the right track. We'd like to thank Congressman Noon for generously giving his time for that phone interview. I'm sure that his ideas will warrant careful thought both by our leaders and by the citizens at large. Okay, she was not what I had in mind. And now, we have something very special and very important for you. Many of you have already heard our special programming about the incredible story of the courageous young women who freed themselves from captivity days ago through an amazing show of solidarity that crossed the rifts that too often divide our society. Well, we are fortunate to have several of these heroines with us here tonight. Now before I bring them out, a brief note to our unaltered viewers. Our guests will be wearing darkened, specially polarized eyewear, which I am assured will prevent viewers from suffering the effects of what is sometimes called alpha wave sickness. But rest assured, it is very bright in the studio, and they should have no difficulty finding their way around. That said, I am truly honored to welcome Lorna Gerald, Candice Majeed, and Molly Ollinger. Wow. Three blind mice. Please have a seat, ladies. Now, my understanding is that Kelsey Habcheck is still recovering from the injuries inflicted on her, and so will not be joining us tonight. But I'm sure I speak for everyone here and at home in wishing her a speedy recovery. Oh, yes, we do. That is correct. All of us wish that. Just as I thought. And now on to your inspiring story. Molly, you were abducted first out of the three of you. What can you tell us about your experience? What I have to tell is very simple. The unaltered took me, held me prisoner, and intended to torture me to death. Ah. Uh -huh. oh, well, perhaps you could expand If I on may say something, Carrie, I would like to make clear that I believe Molly means the unaltered, to refer to a single unaltered individual, not to our unaltered fellow citizens as a whole. I suppose I did. Yes. Yes, and Ms. Majeed makes a good point. It is important to keep in mind that Derek Holroyd's actions are not indicative of all unaltered people, many of whom wish to live with us in peace and take part in our society. But we must also remember 
that these actions did spring from the attitude of their leadership, both open and underground, which have misled these people, sheltered Derek Holroyd himself, and who make liaison between us difficult. But the actions of Lorna here show that an unaltered person can rise above their prejudices for the common good. We salute you, Lorna. I, I merely did what seemed right at the time, when the only alternative was to help Derek to do things I knew were wrong. Well, that's as good a definition of heroism as I can imagine. Mrs. Cray. Yes, Candace. I agree with you that Lorna acted heroically, and that Derek acted out of prejudice. But I would also like to add that these prejudices you mention can afflict altered people as well. I suppose you mean me, Candace, and I admit you are correct. I am afraid that I was not very nice to Lorna, and did not believe you when you said that we could put our trust in her. But even in those dark days, I told her I would love her as a sister when she became one of us, and I do. As do I. Thank you both. But not as much as I loved her before. Oh? What? I'm sorry, I may have misheard you. You are wonderful, Lorna, and I love both the parts of you that remain from before the look and the new parts that have grown. But other essential parts are gone, and I miss the person you used to be, the person who saved us. What happened to you was a crime. Candace, this is being televised. We should talk about this elsewhere. Um, um well, Molly, I think what Ms. Majid is saying is that Ms. Gerald's alteration is something that altered society would never have initiated preemptively, because we consider the truce to be law. It was the consequence of Derek Holroyd's actions, not ours. Even under the pressures of captivity and imminent torture and murder, as I understand it, you would not have done it, even to save yourself, if Ms. Gerald had not suggested it. Isn't that right, Candace? Everything you say is true, Mrs. Cray. Absolutely accurate. But what I meant specifically was that spreading the look is a crime in and of itself. The fact that it was Derek's actions which caused Lorna to sacrifice herself does not change the fact that the look took my friend away. Candace! Um, <laughs> I think... Candace, how can you say that? How can you speak of me having sacrificed myself when I am sitting here right in front of you? I love you, Candace, but I do not understand. You do not understand, Lorna, because you do not know what you have lost. And I do not know what I have lost. That awareness of what we used to be is one of the things that the look has taken from us. Why did you wait until now to say this? What possibly possessed you? I wanted a chance to tell the unaltered out there. Some of us understand. We are not all alike. We only want to find a way Sorry, to Candace. I'm getting a signal from my producers that it's time to move on to the next story. We now take you to Ted Nordham in Oakland. Jesus Christ, God. When you send a sign, you don't fuck around, do you? been listening to Immunities, episode 4.1, Fallout, written and directed by Bob J. Kester. It featured, in order of appearance, Michelle Limone as Roxanne Scholl, Maria Burnham as Lilia Andreu, Don Alsafi as Dominic Evans, Alexandra Bennett as Weird Gwen, Joe Page as Jordan Channing, Carla Joseph as Teresa Brewster, 
Stacey Tappan as Carrie Cray, Marjorie Muller as Molly Ollinger, Kelsey Jaffer as Candace Majeed, and Annalise Kennedy as Lorna Gerald. Immunities was recorded by Stephen Moore. Lisa Cohen assisted in development and production. This episode featured Moving On, Alma, and The Saints, all by Ars Sonor. You can find more of their work at archive.org, and we wish them well wherever they are now. The episode also features Very Best Music by Chris Clavens and Harmonical Outro by Satuniman. And you can find more by both of them at freesound.org. Special effects are from the freesound.org collection. Other development assistance was provided by Evanston's Firehouse Grill, Backstage, Performink, and Dueling Genre Productions, makers of the Geek by Night audio drama, and many fun pop culture podcasts, including The Doctor's Companion, discussing Doctor Who, and our friends at the Lord of the Rings and Jay and Silent Bob Movies by Minute podcasts. Immunities continues thanks to our Kickstarter backers. This episode was supported by Manda, Kent Jenkins, Rocky Lee, and Stephen Foster. The entire fourth season was supported by Michael Hudson, Joshua Combs, Rachel Rauch, Neil Robman, Emily Marriott, Susan Kester, Anthony Downing, Chris Keberly, and Tony Vega. The Immunity series image is Conformity by Fraun Fraun. That's all one word. F-R-A-U-N, F-R-A-U-N. The episode image is The Leaving Two by Kevin Raleigh, a.k.a. Kevissimo. You can find more artwork by both of them at DeviantArt. For more information, including a glossary of terms and a list of the sound effects used, check out our website at immunitiesdrama.com. While you're there, you could order a t-shirt or send us a small donation using PayPal. Immunities is copyright 2017 by Bob J. Kester, all rights reserved. This is Bob J. Kester. I hope you'll join us for episode 4.2, Shelter. And although I don't have a clever segue, I hope that you'll also review us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter as Immunities Drama, or Facebook as Immunities. Reviews and social media mentions are great ways to help others find the podcast. We'd love to hear from you, and also to help you to hear each other. Until next time, goodbye.